Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. Leaves are starting to drop. You know what that means, Gerald. It's time for the Red Max 500. That's right. Where we race office chairs with the power of Red Max leaf blowers. Get out of my way, Gerald. I'm coming through. I'll just draft you. This ain't bumper cars, Gerald. Home stretch, baby. How is it that you win every year? It's all about speed and power, Gerald. Just like the Red Max leaf blowers. When your yard is raining down leaves... And you've got a need for speed... Come to Molinar's. We carry Red Max. The most powerful leaf blowers on the market. While your neighbors are still on the backstretch... You're at the finish line with the cleanest yard on the block. Molinar Power Equipment. On Route 50, just past Bowling Alley in Salem. You know what my prize for winning is, right? I know. I have to blow the leaves out of the yard. Because somebody needs more practice. Anybody need a Red Max? Dave Young and Stephen Semple here on the Empire Builders podcast. And Stephen, I understand that we're going to talk coffee today and not just coffee. My favorite little coffee machine is the Nespresso. It is a lovely coffee. It's a unit of Nestle. So it is part of a big company, but there's still a bunch of things we can learn from it. But just give you an idea of how big Nespresso has got is today they sell about 14 billion of those little capsules a year. And there are 400 Nespresso's drunk every second. So, 400. <laughs> Wait. Just happened. 400 every second. <laughs> Gulp. Gulp. Yeah. And Nespresso also has stores. They also have these retail stores. And they have about 700 of those worldwide. And in 2011, they had annual sales in excess of about uh, 3 billion Swiss franc, and Swiss franc's pretty close to the U.S. dollar. So they've really become a force in the coffee business. And the idea of the Nespresso was invented by Eric Favre, and he was an employee of Nestle. And what he noticed, he was in a coffee bar near the Pathalon in Rome, Italy, and he noticed there was this one coffee bar that had way more customers than everybody else. Being an engineer, this caught his eye. They were using pretty much the same coffee machines. They were using the same coffee, but one had better coffee. Back in those days, the espresso machines in the coffee shops are the ones, you know, with the big lever that you pulled. It wasn't just pressing of a button. Whoosh, whoosh, steam, steam. You look like you're operating some kind of a locomotive or something, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's where the expression pulling an espresso comes from, right? Like making an espresso is called pulling an espresso. And that's where it comes from. But back Eric, he noticed that the guys were pumping the piston several times before releasing the coffee while the competitors did it just once. And this forced more water and more air into the coffee grounds, creating greater oxidization and more flavor and hence more crema. Remember crema? More crema. The, yeah, the beautiful little foam that sits on top of a cup of Yeah, Nespresso. and the story gets even funnier when you consider the origin of the idea of la crema, which was something that was created by Gaggia. And you really 
need to go back to episode 16 and listen to that story a few months back because it's really quite hilarious. Yeah, because it's kind of crazy. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. crazy. Eric invented the Nespresso machine, which was designed to inject pressurized hot water. And it's actually not a simple machine. It looks simple, but there are over 1,700 patents on that machine. And when you look at the pods, they're very different. They're metal. And the top clamps down. And all of that is to create that high pressure. And when they first marketed this idea, they thought, let's go to the restaurant trade. Because what they saw was this would be a way for small restaurants to offer better coffee with less capital, because machines are way cheaper than those $10,000 fancy espresso machines. No training needed. Right. Pop the thing in, close it down, press the button. Just, yeah, push yeah. the button. And it was first introduced in the Swiss market, Nestle's home. In 1982, a market they know, a market that they were selling lots of things to restaurants, did not catch on. And you would think that would be a slam dunk. Cheaper, no training, better quality product, you think that would be a slam dunk, right? Even if you had the little machine in the back, you wouldn't have right. the show. And so how would people believe that they got a good espresso pull? But so it didn't catch on with restaurants. So then they decided on the office market, Right. So they thought, well, that would be, that would, so they redesigned the machine, they made it smaller, and they relaunched it in 1986 in Japan and Italy. Nope, didn't work in the office market. So they hired an outside guy to take a look at this. They brought over a guy, Jean-Paul Gallard from Philip Morris, um, and he said, consumer market, let's target the consumer market. But what he did is he created this two-tier selling approach, sell the machines, through department stores and specialty retailers, and then sell the pods directly to the consumers, create a coffee club, and position it as premium, exclusive, and distinctive. And really remember La Crema. Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. How's business? Yeah, good. Why isn't it great? We we were growing 20, 30% every year for five years. Then we went flat in the last three. Growth used to be easy. Now, nothing we do seems to have the same effect anymore. If you're not growing, you're dying, and I can't stand to think we've hit the top and are coming back down. So you build a hell of a castle and you're worried. Maybe it's time to build an empire. Huh? What you got here won't get you to where you want to go. You need a fresh perspective. There's these guys that are looking for business owners just like you. Smart, customer focused, but with flat sales. What do they do? Build empires, but they don't work with just anyone. You have to be customer focused. So what exactly do they do? Well, some say they're marketers, but I call them crusaders. Check out their website at empirebuilderprogram.com. Like what you see, set up a meeting. Crusaders, empires, castles. I think someone's been getting so old they're medieval. Empirebuilderprogram.com. Check it out before you become a dinosaur. You mean dragon. No, I mean dinosaur. They were good too, for a while. Sure you want to be just good? Empirebuilderprogram.com. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. And this worked. And... They did an amazing job advertising this. There was ads created by Interpublic's Martin Agency. The earlier ones used Penelope Cruz, and La Crema was unique to the product. They also did a number of ads using George Clooney, especially the first ones that had Danny DeVito in them. There was this line of, I want in. 
La Crema was unique to the product, but they wanted to highlight it, not educate. And I feel like all of this has gone really this full circle back to Gaggio, which also discovered that. But they show the coffee in this beautiful glass mug and you can see the cream on the top. And the guy asks, how did they make this froth? And then there's this close-up of Cruz looking right in the camera with her sexy accent and voice and says, it's La Crema. So creating this exclusive feel without telling people about it. And then in 2000, they opened their first boutique and here we are. 20 years later, and they've got 700 of them. And when you walk into them, they don't feel like a retail store. They feel like a high-end coffee shop. Startups can be really hard. You think about Nestle, big company, lots of research and development, lots of people started this up selling to restaurants, you know, in a market that they knew and all those other things. And it took them three kicks at the can three yeah. iterations of this product to get it to where it is today, right? Mm -hmm. To have the will and the realization to say, well, no, we need to pivot right. again, right? We know this is a great product, but we have not found the market yet. And so to be able to test and come to those kinds of realizations before you give up right, is important. Absolutely. Yeah. But the other thing is that... Don't educate people. They never did the whole, our coffee's better, and it's better for these reasons, and it's better for these reasons, and it's better for these reasons. They did not do that. They didn't educate people. They made in their ads, and in the show notes, we'll have a couple of examples of the ads. They made you feel that the coffee was special and better. They treated it with some aspects of glamour. They did, absolutely. Right. They made it feel more luxurious than any other coffee you could have. Even if you went to a coffee shop, right, you're probably not going to get this. Yes. And then the other thing that they did that I thought was really interesting is a lot of times when businesses want to sort of go, I want to create an exclusive feel or I want it to be exclusive. They say the words exclusive. This is an exclusive offer. Mm-hmm. As soon as you say it, it's no longer true, right? Like, I'm a funny guy. You probably aren't. You can trust me. You're probably not trustworthy, right? They manage to make it feel exclusive without saying the word exclusive. That's why I love the Danny DeVito line, I want in. I want in. Yeah, that's perfect ad writing. Yeah. I want in because Danny DeVito represents you and me and George Clooney represents this glamorous figure that we know we're never going to be. Yeah, I want in. Even if I'm just hanging with George, right. right? Yeah. Having the same cup of coffee. Yeah. It was this great way of creating that feel of special and exclusive and all this other stuff without saying it. And that's where the magic is in those ads. We could talk about business model to build the machine and then create this club so that you have to keep buying the pods. We've seen that in so many businesses, but that's super smart too. You can't just dump any old coffee in this thing either. Right. Right. They really locked up the market. They created the exclusivity, the glamour, and then made it a club that you don't ever want to quit. Exactly. Exactly. So while it's a big company, it really is a neat story where there's lots of things we can learn from it. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Got to go have a cup now. Thanks, Stephen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review. And if you have any questions about this or any other podcast episode, email to questions at the Empire Builders Podcast dot com.